This podcast is part of E2C Network, where we share the whole Auburn experience. Where you Auburn fans? Welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion, part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson. I'm also here with Jared Davis. I may sound a little different. It's because I am on vacation right now, away from my normal setup at home. Uh, but I got to watch Auburn, despite moving and traveling and all that good stuff yesterday. Uh, not what I was hoping for. I know a lot of you fans were kind of in that same boat. Jared, how do we cope with this? We all kind of knew that this was coming at some point, some sort of loss. If it wasn't going to be this week, it was going to be a week or two later. Um, what was your thoughts on, on how this this game kind of played out? Hey, Jerry, can you hear me? That cut out yeah, on you? Uh, yeah, I apologize. I was also using a different mic here. I apologize. You got me, AJ? Yeah, I got you now. Okay, yeah. Uh, sorry about that. Yeah, I would say uh, the overall thought of the game was not good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that goes without saying. It was, uh, you know, it's like, I think, did we both pick us to lose? I think we um, I had us winning, but only by like three points. And I knew it was going to be a toss up, or at least that's what okay. I thought. <laughs> okay. It wasn't a toss up. Well, no. Well, I thought we would lose, but I, I thought we would walk away with something to build on. And I just feel like we walked away with more question marks. <laughs> so, any big question marks that like are particularly sticking out in your head? <sighs> I am trying not to go here. I, I said it right after the game, but I, I don't want to go the coaching. Like I've, I've been hopeful throughout this whole process because I'm like, look, we got offensive minds. They'll get this thing figured out, even if this isn't a good year. But I, I don't know, man. We looked totally lost on every phase of the offense, and I'm, I don't know why that's happening. I mean, 56 yards passing is – uh aj we have our last five power five games we have not thrown for over 100 yards now i realize two uh two of those were only with the new staff yep five games against power five opponents in a row we have not crossed the 100 yard passing threshold yeah um that's a problem and that is a problem you know i i want to say we'll put you know to me what it looked like i'm not going off here but to me what it like literally Thorne almost looked scared. I hate to say that, but so you're like, okay, we'll put Robbie in, but Robbie was a part of that five games in a row with no hundred yards, right? So, right. I don't know what the answer is, man. I have no clue. Um, I'm a little scared because I don't know that this can be fixed this year. Um, I know. But yeah, that I have a ton of questions to answer your question. So, I, what about yeah. you? Yeah, yeah. So a couple of things, and these were concerns or question marks that this game particularly brought up. Um, I mean, we saw a little bit at Cal too, because we weren't able to pass there. Uh, it wasn't necessarily as bad offensive line was um, at, at with Cal, but this game, I mean, you're giving up, what did we end up with? Like seven, eight sacks, something like that. And I mean, no wonder some of these, you know, I think some of it, okay. It's, I'm going to put a little bit of blame on Peyton for you know just holding the ball a little too long and not just getting rid of it and, but at the same time like if you're not getting time then it's in the back of your head something's going on the quarterback doesn't have the amount of time to pass it that's part of it 
But then it's also, okay, if you know that's a problem, which it became a pretty apparent problem even in the first half, I think it was like five or six sacks in the first half, you you almost need to do the quick adjustments of, all right, hey, we won't have time to pass. So let's change our play calling a little bit, do shorter passes, um, something quick and easy for, for us. And I, and I saw us try that, but, I mean, when you're looking at the stats, literally only 56 yards passing, and it was which okay here, here's a crazy stat for you our passing average was three and a half yards per pass three and a half uh or sorry it was only two and a half sorry 2.4 um and then when you look at our rushing three and a half that should never happen you should never have less yards per pass than you do per rush unless something crazy happens and you know but in general that should never happen and that just kind of shows you where our our passing game's at. I, that's number question number one, primary. We need to figure out something in passing, even if it's just a little bit. Um, and if it, if we can't figure it out, then I think we need to go with Robbie Ashford and just say commit to the run game and what we do there. I mean, is that a little? Would that be an approach forward? Because I'm trying to like think problems. What's our approach forward? What's your thoughts on on if we can't figure out a pass game. Yeah. I think that if you're, I think if you're trying to save your job, you go Robbie run game. And I, here's what I'm saying about that. That's not going to make Auburn better for the future. Right. Um, and I, I, I'm not totally not against you at all. Like I want to win this year. I think the best plan to win this year is build a scheme around Robbie and the running game, mm-hmm. but how you're going to win over recruits and win long-term is to figure out how, to competent passing schemes that will work in the SEC. And if you go the Robbie route of what we did the last four games of last year, and we ran the ball really well, like that, you don't build on that really, in my opinion. And I, and yeah. please don't take this the wrong way. I, I, I'm very close to saying do that too, because I want to win now. I, I'll be honest, man. I think, I know that the backup quarterback is always the most popular, right? <laughs> at, some, at, at some point, you're like, all right, look, if you look at it and say these two guys have been given shots and I don't know that they're the future, I, do you not at some point at least give Holden like an entire half and just say, is he either? Okay, now we know. We literally don't have anything. <laughs> mm. I don't like that would be a building towards the future. And you don't do that against Georgia, but you see where I'm going with that. Like, yeah, figure out what you have, figure out what you have. Because next year, think about this. We realize this year wasn't going to be great. Next year, if you don't find a quarterback on this team, what are you doing? Are you relying on the true freshman, Walker White? Or are you praying you find a portal quarterback? I, that's not a good scenario. Yeah. Well, and everybody knows, especially in Division One football, your season can make or break based off of your quarterback play. And Absolutely. This is like – that's part of the concern uh, because – you know, we, we gave Peyton pretty much the whole first half plus a little bit more to see what he can do. And then we threw in Robbie, which, again, Robbie tried to do his best that I felt like he could. Um, and then we even threw in Holden closer to, I think, fourth quarter kind of time period. And the the things that I saw all three of them doing was a little jittery in the pocket, which I, I don't necessarily know if that's on the quarterback. Again, I think that's probably on offensive line. And and my part point with like offensive line, at least right now, is 
think back to last year, we knew we were going to lose a lot of offensive linemen because they were graduating. And I think – so I'm kind of trying to, like, figure out, is this on this coaching staff or is it on the players? Is it where – where is the problem? And I keep coming back to – I think Hugh inherited a lot of uh, subpar talent that lot, that the SEC needs if you're going to play in the SEC and compete. And I think Hugh did a good job, and we've talked about this recruiting-wise and transfer portal-wise, picking up some guys to fill some gaps. But you're not going to build a full team based off of transfer portal. That just isn't going to happen. Uh, but you can fill in some gaps in the short term. And I think <laughs> we're in a much better spot offensive line-wise than we were at the end of last year when it felt like Harson couldn't even recruit or bring on any offensive linemen that were worth anything. Um, so I'm going to give Hugh a little bit of a pass on that, but it doesn't give him a full pass. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Like, some of this is game planning. And game planning for these type of games against like Texas A&M, you know you're going up against some really good talent because Texas A&M has put up literally the best recruiting class um, and some of the best in the last four or five years. So you know you're going up with good talent, so you have to come up with a good game plan to beat them. And that's where I'm putting it a little bit back on Hugh Freeze and his coaching staff because it just didn't look good. Like there were definitely drives where I was like, what are we doing here? Like, you're not putting your players in any place to succeed. Is that yeah? Like, is that your thought too? Yeah, I, and I I don't even remember what I said a few minutes ago because I'm a little heated. But I, essentially, about the coach, like, I'm not. I, I think we're gonna be fine. But I felt really good we were gonna be fine, and now I'm like, eh, because AJ, you can't do that, man. You cannot go out that that. You can't put up that kind of offensive performance. I don't yep. understand. 56 yards passing. Would you say yeah. 2.5 a play? Yeah, 2.5 per pass. Yep. Like I, like I realized that the O-line was giving up sacks. I realized maybe our receivers aren't getting separation. I don't know. But I feel like, and, and I could not do this job, but I feel like as talented as Montgomery and Hugh are, okay, design quick slants. Design more screen plays, design stuff, getting the running backs more involved out of the backfield, do things that don't require a ton of block t- blocking time. Um, like when I, I've, I'll be honest with you, this year Georgia has not been super impressive, but there's whenever they struggle with the passing game, mm-hmm. they literally come out and they just screen it and screen it and screen it. And they got better athletes, but we have some dudes that can beat people on the end. So get the ball out wide. Let Jay Fair make a move and, you know, four four yards a pop. And then right. you get a rhythm going. Like, we're not – nothing seems to happen to set up anything else. It's literally like we're just trying plays is what it yeah. feels like. Yeah, and that's what I was hoping we were doing in the game previous against Sanford because it felt like we were just trying a bunch of passing I agree. plays. And like, so it wasn't work? working, yeah. you know? And I was hoping we, we had a good – 
game plan to say, hey, these plan plays work and these don't. And I don't think we're there yet. It's not saying that we can't be future and later games. Because, I mean, goodness knows, and if you've ever had any mistakes or any hardship or anything like that, you learn stuff from it. Like, these players in this coaching staff is going to learn a lot from this. No doubt. Um, and, and that's the part that I – I'm. there's still so many question marks. <laughs> How are we going to adjust? Um I'll start with another kind of point that I was thinking of easy area to improve just discipline. Like you can't give up 10 penalties, um, do some stupid stuff. There was multiple times where I was like, we just had delays of game or offsides. Those are easy things that discipline, just discipline. Um, If you get that right, that helps you because at points, I remember ESPN showed up a stat. It was like, oh, Auburn has only 115 yards of offense or something like that. Well, guess what? That drive, we got negative yards because of penalties <laughs> and sacks. And you're just like, wonderful. <laughs> like, that's – and wonderful, I'm being very sarcastic. I know, I know. <laughs> well, and I want to uh, add something real quick we talked about earlier. You're talking about Robbie and, and building it. I, I am totally okay – going Robbie full-time, but I think you don't go Robbie and build a running. I think you go Robbie and let him run the playbook. Because I will say, we have not seen a ton of that. Like, to me, the thing I do like about Robbie, I think Robbie can be wildly inaccurate sometimes on some plays he shouldn't be. But Robbie doesn't seem as scared to pull the trigger. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, and if it's not there, while I feel like he missed a few holes yesterday, I feel like there was a couple that he could have busted open. But if it's not there and he has to run, he's going to get you a lot more. I think we did realize that Sanford was a little bit of an anomaly with Thorne running because A&M was there every time he tried to run. So a yeah. little different speed, right? Yep. Um, Robbie's proven he can do that against SEC talent. I am okay if your decision is, Let's go Thorn, but go. I mean, let's go Robbie, but go Robbie with the full playbook. Okay. I mean, I'm not, I'm definitely not opposed to that. I mean, from the talk of the offseason, Robbie's gotten more accurate. Um, I haven't necessarily seen that. But at the same time, think about it, if you're a backup quarterback and you just get thrown in sometimes yeah, for like yeah. one or two plays or like midway through the game. That's different than being the starting quarterback. We even saw that yeah. with Peyton Thorne when first game they were kind of swapping back and forth. It just seemed like kind of randomly. And then you saw when Peyton, you're the starter, you get a full half, figure it out. And Peyton was able to settle in. I think that's that's the same thing with any other starting quarterback. You get the mindset, I want to do this, and you own this. And I think that becomes a little bit more of a stability um, where I think if you open up the playbook to say Robbie Ashford and say, hey, here's the playbook, go run it, have some fun. Um, that's when I think Robbie's best. Um, and, and I think Auburn can be best if we do something like that. So one other topic, and, and this is kind of just for us as Auburn fans and for myself, um, I just have to keep in mind, this is still like a rebuild in a way. Um, I know the previous coach, Harson didn't want to talk about rebuild, but this is rebuild. You have to kind of go into this with a mindset of this needs to improve. And there's going to be these growing pains that are built into rebuilding. We're going to lose some games. I still think the floor of the season is still close to six wins. But if we start to figure things out, which I was thinking back to like even a few years back, 
we've had we've seen other teams in the SEC struggle early on. You see Bama struggle early on. They'll figure things out. Auburn can figure things out um, if we figure out what works. And so that's my just takeaway. We need to figure out what works. Um, a few other things that I wanted to talk about, and these were actually kind of fun because guess what? Our running game looked okay. It wasn't great, but we had some little bursts of uh, great plays. We had um, Brian Batie break a 24-yarder. Jarquez even had a 15-yarder. Uh, Sean Jackson, love that, towards the end of the game, had a 31-yarder run. Um, and that's kind of fun. Those kinds of plays are fun. Um, and again, if we're going to rely on something, I think the running game is kind of it. But you're going to have to obviously open up the passing game a little bit, like we've talked about. Um, a few other things to talk about defense. Man, I'm so thankful again for this defense. I mean, they really kept us in it. Like, up until Texas A&M's final touchdown that gave them a 17-point lead over Auburn, our defense was doing what it needed to. I mean, literally our only touchdown this game was because of our defense. Um, and, and I'm very thankful for them right now. Um, we knew it was going to keep us in a lot of games, and this one, it kept us in it a lot longer than I feel like it should have. Um, but that's just because of how good they are. So we'll talk about the highlight here. Obviously, Eugene Asante doing, uh, I'm calling a scoop and score, even though it was like a punch out right into Eugene Asante's hands. Um, and then he just ran it back. You got to love it. Uh, but I want to talk about one thing, Jimbo Fisher. How was he on the field? Like, how is that? Like, I've seen people just be like, how is that not a penalty of like sideline infraction or something? Nothing. So, I, oh, wow. Cause I, some full disclosure, I didn't see the end of the game, towards the end of the game, my son had a soccer game. So, um, I yeah, saw so, the replay. So they didn't throw a flag. I saw the replay. They didn't throw a flag on him? None. None. And he's like five yards out on the field, and Eugene Asante runs around him. I saw him, I saw him had to run around him. And yeah, I don't under, yeah, I don't know how that went. And, well, and there's screenshots of like the ref looking straight at Jimbo Fisher's face. And, how is that not a penalty? Like it's yeah, the I middle wonder, of the play and your coach is on the field. Yeah, if he would have like bumped into like if Asante wouldn't have scored because of him, surely they would have thrown a flag. I mean, I oh, can't I'm believe sure. they, I can't believe they didn't already. I mean, those are, I mean, this isn't the reason we lost, but like two of those holding calls, I, I don't know what else you're supposed to do. Like they call one on Gunnar Britton. I'm, I'm after mm-hmm. a Batie run, and it's literally. I mean, even even the announcers were like, I don't think that's holding, and it wasn't. Yeah. Um, uh, I, you know that that didn't cost the game, but it does feel like any big play we get, you're like, oh, okay, that's coming back. Yeah, um, you're holding your breath for sure. You really are. Yeah. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Yeah. Um, but Asante's but, the man. I mean, I, can he, he play is. offense too? I, I, mean, I wish. I feel like at this point, if he's got the energy, we need him some somehow to be like. I don't know if he could play running back, but like, goodness. <laughs> yeah, he's something. The one positive so far to come out of this season. I don't know how much eligibility he has left, but he is. He may have none, but he's yeah. 
We have fa- he's a good linebacker. Yeah, for sure. Um, and he led our team with nine total tackles this game. Um, <laughs> another one, uh, we, we've kind of been watching some of the other linebackers just to see how they're doing. Larry Nixon, uh, he also had five tackles. He was second on the team as well, along with uh, Marcus Harris. Um, so linebackers are kind of picking things up. Um, though I did notice there was, I think it was the long run of um, – Texas A&M, that was that like 80-yard run or whatever. Uh, Wesley Steiner, one of our linebackers, didn't. It looked like he didn't even know where he was supposed to be. And that's that's one of the, the. If you're a linebacker, you need to fill the gaps. And Wesley Steiner wasn't where he was supposed to be, and that's tough. Um, and and it, seemed, it seems to be a theme. I hate to say that. Yeah, um, yeah. I can't do. I can't do any of these guys' jobs. So I hate saying that. But the truth is, it does seem to be a theme. Um, and I will say one other thing. I was talking about Asante. I think Kay and Lee. And again, I didn't see the play live. I think Kay and Lee forced the fumble. So that's pretty. He did. Uh, he, he's the true freshman. So I mean, that's there's some good things coming. The defense. Let me let me ask you this because when I was watching it and I saw like the first three quarters. Mm-hmm. Like, I felt really good about the D, but we still gave up 27. So, did we give up 27 because the offense was so bad? I mean, you, you got to think that that's part of it because of how many three and outs we had. I mean, I'm looking at time of possession actually favored Auburn, which is a little shocking. Yeah. Um, but it didn't necessarily feel that way because of how many times we went three and out, three and out, three and out, um, just throwing our defense right back out there. Uh, I'm sure that was part of it. But there was also times like, okay, so I'm thinking of this game almost in two halves. The The reason why I'm kind of breaking this up is because Texas A&M's starting quarterback, Wigman, came out limping right around, right before half, and he never came back. Max Johnson came in, and he was what Texas A&M needed for that game. If Max Johnson doesn't come in there and play great, I think the game's closer to like a 10 to like, 14 kind of score. Uh, I agree. Hindsight was, yeah. The, and uh, it's funny, a buddy of mine takes it. He's like, are you ready for a ba- another backup quarterback to come in and look like a Heisman contender? Because it feels like that happens against Auburn all the time. It does. And he and he did. And it's like, what? I don't understand this. Like, I don't, this is not their starting quarterback. Yeah. Um, and it, it probably is some schematics of, okay, this guy, we don't, you know, we plan for another quarterback. But yeah. Uh, again, the D's not the reason we lost. I think if, yeah, on a on another's even outside of the quick three and outs, like you know, there there's three and outs inside our own thirty. So our punt, they're getting it at midfield or they're forty. Yeah, it's just hard to ask a defense to not give up points when you're giving it to them there. You know. Yeah, well, it felt like Auburn was in bad field position a lot of times. Yeah, like, like most, the whole game. Yeah, it felt like we never got except. Yeah, I mean every every play. It felt like just getting to midfield felt like a struggle for our offense. Um, and well, many times our our defense was put on its heels. And guess what? Texas A and M got to start at the fifty or the forty on our side. And it's like that's tough. Well, and I'll say one other thing real quick, and then I'm I'm done. You know, kind of harping on the coaches, but we got. You know, there were two other times we could have bare minimum kicked a field goal, and we get you know inside field goal range. And we call deep drop back passes. And I'm like, mm-hmm. at some point you have to realize this is not working. And yep. don't, at, you know, at least don't take yourself out of field goal range. I realize you want to try to get the touchdown, but at that, it's just not working. So yeah. run it, run it, run it. Maybe you bust a run, but bare minimum you get, I mean, we could have easily had nine points going into half 
you're up nine to six, different things happen. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, definitely. Um, one other thing, and this, this was just, come, this came to mind during the game because right now Hugh Freeze is not calling plays and we know that's been like his bread and butter. He's done that pretty much his whole career. This is the first real place where he's not doing that. Do we see a, a time? I mean, if, if things start going in the negative real quickly, I think Hugh Freeze starts taking over play calling. Is that, do you think the same? I, I don't know. I'm leaning pretty strongly towards that. Yes. I think it, if it doesn't happen this week, I think it will happen in the bye week. If, unless we go into Georgia, I don't expect us to be Georgia, but unless we, if we go in there and look like a competent offense and just get beat by a better team, that's what I've expected. I'm like, okay, better team should beat us, but let's go put up a fight. Right. If that happens this week and it was Montgomery calling plays, okay, you let it be. If Montgomery's calling plays and we throw for 56 yards again, you have to change something. Oh, yeah. You really do. Um, so one final thing before we get out of here, special teams. Um, of all the things, uh, minus the one uh, snap punt that went way over Oscar Chapman's head, I mean, I don't have too much bad to say about them. Um, the the new punt returner, Coy Moore, did his job. Uh, caught the ball. I think he even had a you know return of I think it was about nine yards. Um, had another return as well, a little bit shorter. Um, fine. And then Alex McPherson uh, making a 53-yarder. That was a career high for him. Um, what's crazy is I was thinking back, 53 yards for him is probably like a normal size kick for him. Um, yeah, I don't remember if you saw this, but back in high school, he had drained, what was it, like a 60, maybe even longer yard field goal. Um, so he's got the he's leg, and it's awesome. He's pretty good. He is pretty good. Um, Oscar Chapman had nine punts. Whenever you have nine punts, that is usually not a good sign. Um, but he did average about 40 yards per punt, so not too bad. Um, and a long of 52. Um, Jared, any other final thoughts before we get out of here um, and finish up our wrap-up of the Texas A&M game? No. I just, you know, got to trust that they can get this thing figured out and so we're gonna have to rely on them to do that and their history says they can so we'll just keep our fingers crossed yeah the thing that you make a good point and i hope us as auburn fans our 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 hope and our trust isn't going to be crushed um but there has been a good track record of Hugh Freeze kind of bringing things back. And so I remain slightly hopeful, uh, a little less after this game, um, but that's going to happen with any loss. Um, and I, losses, we knew they were coming. And this is just kind of the first one that is part of this season and part of this growing process. Because I, I'm, I'm like you, Jared, I'm starting to like frame it in. This isn't just about this year. It's about building towards the future. And what does the future look like? And how do we get there? Um, Sure, if we focus on winning one game, that's awesome. But you can't just be focused on one game. You have to be a little bit wider in what is the future of this program. So, Jared, before you get out here, how can the people stay in touch with you? You can find me on Facebook under my name, Jared Davis. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at A-J-A-Y-J-A-Y underscore. It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle. War Eagle.
Thank you for tuning in to today's episode on the E2C Network. On your way out, I want to remind you to stop by E2Cnetwork.com. It's your one-stop shop for all our content across our podcast, YouTube channel, and much more. To stay up to date with us, make sure you're following social media accounts such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. While our content here may always be Auburn sports heavy, if it's orange and blue, it's what we do. War Eagle.